0: Some months ago, while dancing, I trod on the outer side of my foot, my heel at the moment being off the ground. Something gave way midway down my foot, and I had once suspected a rupture of the peroneus longus tendon. By the help of a friend, I managed to walk to my cab a distance of over 300 or 400 yards. The following morning, I carefully examined my foot and discovered that my tendon was intact. There was a slight swelling over the base of the fifth metatarsal bone. I endeavored to obtain crepitus and failed. A finger on the spot gave exquisite pain. Body pressure on the toes, even the slightest, was painful. But when the pressure was deviated to the outer side, the pain was still greater. Extension of the ankle and flexion of the toes were immediately felt at the base of the fifth metatarsal. I hobbled downstairs to my colleague, Dr. David Morgan, and asked him to x-ray my foot. This was done, and the fifth metatarsal was found fractured about three-fourths of an inch from its base. These words were written by one Sir Robert Jones, who some consider to be one of, if not the father of modern orthopedic surgery. Uh, They were written in an article titled, Fracture of the Base of the Fifth Metatarsal Bone by Indirect Force. It was published in the Annals of Surgery in June of 1902. Um... By that introduction, you can guess what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, fifth tarsal fractures, in specific, the Jones fracture. Welcome to the MSK Minute Podcast by Basics of Ortho where the aim is to boost your musculoskeletal knowledge and improve your confidence in evaluating and caring for musculoskeletal conditions. Join me for casual discussions on musculoskeletal anatomy and biomechanics, various conditions, and other topics related to or being a physician assistant in orthopedics. We will also pick the brains of several interesting guests from time to time. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host and longtime PA in orthopedics, Jason Coggins. So, Today's introduction, or the prelude, uh, again, was from the article that uh, Robert Jones wrote about, and in the onset of that article, he described his very own injury. Uh, He later describes in this article uh, five other case studies that uh, he investigated after uh, his own injury. Uh, it's quite interesting. It's a it's a good read for anybody interested in history and orthopedics. Um, he did not name uh, this fracture after himself. It did not get pinned, the Jones fracture, until 1960 uh, by Stewart. But uh, there has been some controversy regarding this injury over the years, and that's what I kind of want to talk about today. And the controversy stems uh, from... Uh, the classification of base of the 5th minotarsal fractures. Uh, there have been several papers written on the topic, and uh, in today's podcast, I just want to present a good overview uh, for Jones fractures. Uh, and what specifically is a Jones fracture, why it's important to be able to differentiate, differentiate uh Jones fracture from uh, the other two classifications of fractures of the fifth metatarsal, which are avulsion fractures and then stress fractures or distal um, shaft fractures. So I guess the first thing that we need to do is discuss what exactly classifies a base of the fifth metatarsal fracture as a jones fracture Uh, in order to do this you you need to uh know a little bit about or we need to discuss a little bit about the anatomy so at the base of the fifth metatarsal you've got the styloid Uh, that moves into the uh, metaphysis metaphysis and metadiaphysis uh, of the bone and and those are the key landmarks for the classification system uh, in that metadiaphysis you've got uh, an articulation of the fourth and fifth uh, metatarsals and in that section which some uh, categorize as uh, zone two uh, that's where a jones fracture uh, occurs if it is proximal to that it's what's uh, termed an avulsion fracture or a zone one fracture if it's distal to that articulation of the fourth and fifth metatarsals, that is uh, a shaft fracture, uh, which is also where stress fractures occur at the most proximal aspect of that. If you are classifying it radiographically, uh, you can measure from the tip of the uh, fifth metatarsal uh, tubercle or styloid uh, distally, and the criteria. Uh, radiographically for a Jones fracture is uh, it occurs between 1.5 centimeters and 3 centimeters from the tip of that tubercle. Um, so that's our, that's our classification. And uh, on the website uh, the, and on the YouTube channel, I am going to do a little video uh, with a drawing and show you on a foot model. Where this exactly is if you can't get a good uh, mental image based on my description but hopefully you can so uh, again zone two which is where that uh, fourth and fifth metatarsal articulation is proximally that's uh, the area of the Jones fracture proximal to that is a fracture distal to that is stress fracture or uh, shaft fracture so now that we have the classification why is the zone 2 or the Jones fracture so important to differentiate? Well, it has to do with the blood supply. Uh, the blood supply of the fifth metatarsal um, comes from two different directions. Okay, from proximal, it comes from the metaphyseal arteries that go distally and they end right at uh that metadiaphysis. <clears throat> Or right around that 1.5 uh, centimeter mark, and the second area of blood flow comes uh, from a nutrient vessel uh, that is along the uh, tibial side of the shaft, and it runs laterally and proximally, and it stops right at the diaphysis, which is right ar- or the the metadiaphysis, which is right around uh, the three centimeter mark. So there's that area in between these that has very poor blood supply. So if you sustain a fracture in that area, uh, it does have compromised blood flow. And as we all know, things need blood to heal because that's what delivers nutrients for healing. Um, So that's why it's so important. If you don't have blood, things have a hard time healing. And there's been some literature that reports that uh, true Jones fractures can have up to a 50% non-union rate now in my clinical experience i'm not necessarily sure that i believe this and there's some articles that say that number may be a, a little bit inflated as well but uh, again that's a pretty high number um for the potential to have non-union um so that's why it's important the diagnosis of the uh, the proper diagnosis of a jones fracture is important and the proper treatment um is imperative so clinically what does one with a Jones fracture look like well clinically it's very difficult to differentiate uh, between any of the three types but I am going to go back to uh, the words from Sir Robert Jones himself and his description of what a patient looks like with a fifth metatarsal fracture so in Sir Robert Jones's words The symptoms are pain when the patient endeavors to put pressure on toes or inner side of a foot, when he fixes the toes or attempts to invert. The swelling is generally localized over the fractures and the pain is sharp. There is generally no crepitus, no deformity, no yielding on manipulation. The history of the accident is important because it is sufficiently constant to form a factor in the diagnosis. It is a cross breaking strain directly or directed anteriorly to the metatarsal base and caused by body pressure on an inverted foot while the heel is raised. The the fracture is therefore an indirect one. So, there we have it from Sir Robert Jones. The mechanism uh, is key uh, to. Clinically diagnosing the fifth metatarsal fracture. So it typically occurs on an inverted foot. It uh, there it there's pain. Uh, there's pain to palpation at the base of the fifth metatarsal. There generally is no crepitus. Uh, there's swelling associated with it. Um, so that's what it looks like clinically. But again, you can't differentiate a zone one two or three fracture clinically and that's where x-rays uh, come in and sir robert jones said for himself for many years i have heard the symptoms of this accident related to me and although i often suspected a fracture it was quite impossible to demonstrate it so without the x-ray it is impossible to determine uh, a fracture and and specifically where the fracture is at the base of the fifth metatarsal. All right. So we've talked about how it happens. We've talked about what it looks like. We've talked about how to diagnose this. So what do we do about it? Well, there's two potential options. There's the conservative route, and then there's the surgical route. And there is some controversy in what constitutes uh, proceeding with conservative care versus surgical care. But in general... If the fracture is not displaced, uh, they are a candidate for conservative treatment. Uh, Other factors that can be taken into consideration or should, in my opinion, are uh, whether or not the patient is active or sedentary, um, their age, an older person, uh, and any comorbidities they may have. But in general, conservative treatment is an option for a non-displaced uh, Jones type fracture. And that consists of casting and non weight bearing for eight weeks. Um, and at eight weeks, if there is clinically and radiographic signs of healing um, or improved healing, then protected uh, weight bearing for another four weeks in a uh, walking boot um, or a cast shoe uh, would be acceptable. Now, one study reported that um, its study participants uh, returned back to physical activity in an average of about 15 weeks with conservative treatment. So what's the other treatment option? Well, that's the surgical option. And what would that entail? Most of the time, uh, in in this day and time, it involves intramedullary screw fixation uh, of the fifth metatarsal. Now, who uh, gets a screw in their fifth metatarsal? Well, if there's any displacement of the fracture on x-ray, that is an indication for surgical fixation. Uh, If the patient is young and healthy, if the patient is an athlete and active, um, then the argument can be made to primarily fix it. And the reason for that is uh, studies do tend to show a a quicker return to um, sport or work uh, with surgical fixation, I mentioned a 15-week average for conservative. Uh, well, the surgical group in that study had an average of 8-week return to sport or activity. Um, other surgical indications would be if conservative treatment has been attempted and there is a delay in healing or a non-union. And if it goes on to a non-union, it may actually uh, require uh, bone grafting. Um, after the surgery, there still would be a short uh, period of immobilization for about two weeks and then transition to, uh, protected weight bearing in a boot with some, uh, physical therapy. And again, that's what allows to a quicker return, uh, for a quicker return to activities. And with that, we have discussed Sir Robert Jones, uh, injury of his very own foot, um, that uh, that led to the injury being named after him in 1960. Uh, we have discussed uh, why it's important to be able to differentiate uh, types of base of fifth metatarsal fractures and what constitutes the Jones fracture and what to do for the Jones fracture. Um, so I hope you found this entertaining and educational, and I look forward to our next time together. If you're interested in reading any of the articles referred to in today's episode, you can find a link to them in the show notes. I also want to say that the information presented in this podcast are for uh, informational and educational uh, purposes only. They're not intended to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you have an injury or suspect you may have a fifth metatarsal fracture, I do suggest that you seek uh, care from a local Uh, healthcare provider trained in orthopedic evaluation and management. Thank you again for joining me on today's podcast. I trust that you have found it valuable to your learning and practice and maybe even a bit entertaining. Please join me for the next episode of the MSK Minute by Basics of Ortho. If you have found this podcast useful, I would be exceedingly grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button and leave a comment. Also, please consider visiting and subscribing to the website basicsofortho.com to get the latest updates and take advantage of all the great ortho-themed video content, blog articles, and more. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can do so through the website or jason at basicsofortho.com. Stay safe and see you next time.